From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, Stroke and Acute Retinal Ischemia, Part 2. These patients do not come across very often, but when they come, we need to be prepared. First this. I know many of the audience of As Seen From Here also watch my live conference interviews on ewreplay.org. These brief video programs highlight the most important news from major ophthalmology meetings and number in the hundreds every year. But if you haven't watched ewreplay.org recently, you've got to check it out. iWorld Replay has really upped its game with super video production and fantastic content. EWReplay.org. We've just renovated, and we'd love to have you over. This is part two of my conversation with Valerie Buse about stroke and acute retinal ischemia. We pick up where we left off last time. Valerie, what are the AAO preferred practice pattern guidelines? So those guidelines are proposed by subspecialty groups. So for the one we're talking about, which relates to retinal arterial occlusion, it was written by the retina group uh, in charge of those guidelines um, for the AAO. And they are not really guidelines. They are more recommendations that allow practicing ophthalmologists to know what most experts in a specific field would do and recommend. And the AAO retinal group updated the guidelines regarding the management of acute CIO and BIO in 2016. And very simply, in those guidelines, they indicated that patients with acute CIO and BIO should be sent to an emergency department affiliated with a stroke center. And they also said that the ophthalmologist should not obtain the workup themselves uh, when these patients are seen acutely and just just refer the patients to the doctors who know what to do, in other words, the stroke neurologist. Valerie, since we make the diagnosis of TMVL based upon the the, the description that the that the patient gives, and since a, a, a transient monocular vision loss, one that's not associated uh, with an obvious CRAO or BRAO, is, ca- is characterized by the absence of physical findings, should referral to an ED be made on the basis of a phone call from a patient? I wish. People have tried. It doesn't work. I don't think we can do ophthalmology on the phone. We really we have an advantage in ophthalmology. We can really look at every part of the eye, and, and we need to see these patients. Phone triage doesn't work. Uh, I think these patients must be seen urgently, which means when a patient calls a doctor's office with such a complaint, we need to basically just tell the patient, come right away, and when the patient arrives, we stop everything to see this patient in priority in case we find something. And then the eye exam is absolutely essential because even when the symptoms are transient, you may find disc edema, for example. And if you have optic nerve head edema, well, you know it's not a retinal TIA. It's an ischemic optic neuropathy. And you must rule out giant cell arteritis, and then the management is completely different. You do not send these patients to a stroke center. You may see retinal arterial emboli on fundus, even if the symptom is transient. 
And if you see retinal arterial emboli in a patient who just had an episode of transient monocular vision loss, well, you know for sure that it's vascular. And you also know for sure that it's not giant cell arteritis because giant cell arteritis gives retinal ischemia but no emboli. If you find elevated intraocular pressure with a narrow angle, well, it may be an occludable angle and intermittent angle closure. You may see vitreo macular traction. You may even see a retinal detachment. And quite often, you may just see dry eyes in a patient who reports daily episodes of transient blurry vision while reading or or while focusing too hard. So you need to examine this patient. I think it's absolutely essential. Uh, if you're you know, lucky enough to be in a large hospital setting with an ophthalmologist office across the street from an emergency department, it's very easy. You see the patient and then you tell the patient to cross the street to go to the emergency department. If you're in private practice 50 miles away from the emergency department, I think it's even more important that you see the patient first before sending the patient wherever you think is most appropriate. Valerie, I'm, I'm very glad that you brought up giant cell. Um, as as you know, the, the, the presentation of a, a patient with giant cell can be really, really protean. I mean, it, it, and can the description can be vague, and there are a lot of symptoms that are equivocal. Now, these patients definitely need workup. Uh, where does a giant cell workup fit into to this model? of immediately referring patients with a transient monocular vision loss? It requires an extra little step because indeed the, the big difference between having a stroke in the eye, whether transient or permanent, or a stroke in the brain, whether transient or permanent, is that cause number one for ophthalmologists will be giant cell arthritis, whereas for neurologists, giant cell arthritis is probably the last cause they're going to think about. Just because giant cell arteritis does not really like the intracranial arteries, it likes the external carotid artery and its branches, and therefore ocular manifestations are way more common than neurologic manifestations. So that means that when you send the patient to the emergency department, you need to each time remind people there that giant cell arteritis must be rolled out. And so I still send these patients to the ED affiliated with a stroke center, and I ask the ED to immediately obtain a CBC, erythrocyte sedimentation rate, and C-reactive protein prior to obtaining a stroke workup. If the labs are abnormal, then IV steroids is administered, the patient is hospitalized, and then we know what to do with the temporal artery biopsy, etc. If the labs are normal, then the stroke workup is done immediately. It takes barely more than one hour to get the results of those blood tests in the emergency department. It would take much longer to the ophthalmologist to obtain this test from an eye clinic. And then uh, the ophthalmologist would have to, you know, look at the results, find the patient, and decide what to do should those blood tests be abnormal. And additionally, I would add that there is no reason an ophthalmologist should should suspect giant cell arteritis in a patient who does not have visual symptoms, correct? And so we're talking about the kind of giant cell arteritis that is associated with vision loss. I, I am a strong believer of the need for intravenous steroid in giant cell arteritis associated with ocular ischemic complications. And therefore, I am very happy that these patients are in an emergency department because I do not administer 
intravenous steroids to outpatients for patients with GCA because they are old, they have vascular risk factors, and they do not tolerate steroids when administered at a very high dose. So I think the ED is the perfect place to look for GCA. Valerie, I understand that a a patient coming to me who's had these symptoms today or had these symptoms last night, that I'm going to urgently refer the patient to to a stroke center. What if the patient comes in for an exam today and says that I had these symptoms last week or I had these symptoms last month? What, what, what do I do then? That's the most difficult question of all. Um, it, it's, there is no cutoff, okay? There, there is no study that has shown that after one week, the risk is so low that you can just take care of the patient as an outpatient or that after one month, the risk is so low that you do not need to do a workup anymore. Obviously, the shorter the time between visual loss and when the patient is seen by the ophthalmologist, the higher the risk of stroke, and therefore the faster you need to be able to take care of these patients. The risk of stroke is highest within a few days after the episode of vision loss. And so, uh, for example, if you, if you look at numbers, you can say if you have a CIO, the risk of stroke at three months is probably around 15%. But you have to keep in mind that a vast majority of those 15% will have the stroke within two weeks. And that very, very, very high percentage of those 15% will have the stroke within 48 hours or one week. It doesn't mean that when you see the patient at one month, the risk of stroke is zero. The risk of stroke is still quite high, just not as high. And so what you need to do is make sure that the patient is cared for immediately by the appropriate people. And how you're going to do it is really going to depend on where you are located which kind of practice you are working in, and which kind of relationship you have with the stroke neurologist you are working with. And it's really a case-by-case decision. So you specifically mentioned one week. Within one week, I send them to the emergency department without hesitation. The risk of stroke is still very high. You need to obtain a stroke workup within 24 hours. You need to start secondary prevention of stroke right away, I cannot do it in the eye clinic. Two weeks, you can argue. You look at the patient. Patient with a lot of vascular risk factors, patient who tells you I've had recurrent episodes, uh, patient who has a cardiac history, a known carotid stenosis, send them to the emergency department. Don't waste any time. Relatively healthy patient who looks pretty healthy. Do you have to send the patient to the emergency department at two weeks? Probably no, it's not the best use of the emergency department resource. But what I do in this situation is just call the stroke neurologist and explain the situation. I do that at 10 days, I do that at two weeks, I do that at three weeks. And I say, I have a patient who had a CIO 10 days ago, no workup has been done. I need you to help me care for this patient right now. What should I do? There is always a stroke neurologist on call by definition. And depending on the day of the week, who the stroke neurologist is, how busy they are, where they are, 
they may say, I am in clinic, send me the patient right now. Or they may say, give the patient some aspirin and have the patient come to me tomorrow morning. Or they may say, I am completely overwhelmed. There is no way we can see the patient right away. Send the patient to the ED. Or they may say, I am already in the ED seeing another patient. How about you send the patient to the ED and I'll take care of the patient right away. And honestly, this answer varies every day depending on availability and local resources. If an ophthalmologist decides to not send the patient to the ED at 10 days or two weeks, it's probably okay as long as the workup is obtained within 24, 48 hours. And it's very, very hard to obtain such a workup. Valerie, this is absolutely super stuff. It's not frequent that ophthalmologists are faced with, with clinical choices uh, that, that are um, this, this important in the context of the, of the patient's life. Uh, I want to thank you for, for bringing this, this topic to us for this wonderful paper. And Valerie, for your, your tremendous generosity with your time with us today. It's my, my pleasure. I really hope that uh, uh, these recommendations can help uh, most ophthalmologists because the message in one sentence is extremely simple. All I am telling ophthalmologists is we need you to see these patients urgently. We need you to make the right diagnosis. And then we need you to just send the patient to the stroke neurologist. And the best way to make that happen is as soon as you listen to this podcast, figure out where the closest stroke center is. You can search the American Heart Association website and contact the closest stroke neurologist, establish a network, have a phone number readily available, and it will be very easy. These patients do not come across very often, but when they come, we need to be prepared. Valerie, truly, yeah, thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for contacting me. I think this is very important. Valerie Buse is the Cyrus H. Stoner Professor in Ophthalmology and also a Professor in Neurology at the Emory University School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. Her paper, Management of Acute Retinal Ischemia, Follow the Guidelines, appears in the October 2018 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Buse or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.